Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. On this Thursday evening, we're going to have plenty from John McClain later in the show. And I've, in being in radio, and I've been in radio since 2007, there have been moments in radio where what's going on in the world takes such a precedent to what is going on in our little football universe, if that makes any sense. And what's happening now with coronavirus, COVID-19, has just completely and totally dominated people's thoughts, dominated their lives. Things have been changing at a completely and totally rapid rate. And it really got accelerated on Wednesday night when the Utah Jazz playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, and right before it was about to tip off, somebody ran on the court, grabbed the officials, don't start this game, do not start this game, and all of a sudden, before you know it, Oklahoma City PA announcer is telling everybody in the stands, you got to go home, we're canceling this game. Come to find out, Rudy Gobert, the shot-blocking Frenchman, was found to have uh, contracted coronavirus, COVID-19. And so the Jazz were quarantined. They did tests on the Jazz team. Everybody in the Jazz traveling party, they canceled that game. Shortly thereafter, the NBA suspended the season. We found out that Tom Hanks was in Australia. He posted on Instagram that he and his wife had contracted coronavirus, and they were going through the quarantine process. And this thing was just, I guess it, the, the reaction to it was probably spreading about as fast as the illness has. Uh, travel to and from the United States for non-United States citizens was shut down. My, uh, except to the UK, my brother and sister-in-law moved to the UK about three months ago, and they had planned to be there for six months. They both, my uh, sister-in-law flew back uh, today. Uh, they got back. They're getting it back tonight, I believe, sometime. And then my brother-in-law is coming back on Sunday, and he is the CEO for a huge international corporation so which is why they moved to london in the first place so there's just so much going on obviously the the country italy has just shut down but in our little sports world seeing that the nba had suspended its season and there were college basketball tournaments going on and tournaments right before the tip-off on thursday in the morning games were about to start Teams were pulled off the court. That tournament shut down the Big 12. The ACC was shut down. Uh, the AAC, University of Houston's conference, shut down. You had the Big East actually started a game, got to halftime, and then they shut that game down and the rest of it down. Then the NCAA stepped in. No March Madness. Men's and women's tournaments shut down, canceled. Not even postponed, canceled. All spring sports, NCAA, cut them down. So it's been a pretty, a pretty wild 24 hours, to say the least. I thought yesterday, when I got in the building yesterday, and for those that don't know, I've been doing the 6 to 10 Pain and Pendergast show. I have been Pendergast because Sean has been on his honeymoon. Sean's honeymoon, he's supposed to go to Italy. And they luckily made that change to get out to California. And I think they've been, uh, you know, up and down uh, northern Southern California. 
and they'll be back next week. But I've been doing the 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. show with Seth, and I got in the building. At, so I left Sports Radio 610 about 10. It doesn't take too long to get here. But I got here, I don't know, about 10.30 maybe, just after taking care of a few things coming over here. And I get in the building, and I look down. I got a text from Drew. Rodeo is shutting down. And that was, I mean, that was like, whoa, okay. That, that was kind of the start for us locally that, man, this thing is, oh, boy. And then you start seeing the various things. Okay, this is being considered. Schools are considering closing down. I mean, all these different things are, you know, considering, hey, there's a new case here. Found out today there's a new case up in Montgomery County. All, all this is going on. But then when the NBA suspended its season, it was like, whoa. And then on top of that, you got the Tom Hanks information, which I, I think I found out that, you know, maybe within about 45 minutes of one another. So it's, it's been sort of a wild ride. And I recount all of that to – we've been talking about it so much. We talked – Seth and I talked about it. We tried to squeeze in some sports. This is Texans All Access. We're going to try and give you as much about the Texans, especially when we have a guy like John McClain joining the show. And John's going to join us, and we're going to talk about Jonathan Joseph. We're going to talk about the signing of DeAndre Carter and those things going on. But we just kind of felt like, look, this is, and we know its place. We understand. We've been through this before where we've had, whether it's a weather tragedy or you know some of the things that go on, um, we, we've tried to, Mark and I have always tried to give this show as, hey, man, if we can kind of take your mind off it, talking a little bit of Texans, talking a little bit of NFL, then we're going we're gonna to try our best. The reality of the situation is that there's nothing more important than the, the people's health anywhere, everywhere. And we, we know nothing supersedes that. And, and that's what we are uh, very cognizant of. But we also obviously... Um, have a job to do, and that's to talk about the NFL and talk about football and talk about what we know. So we understand as best we possibly can what people are going through out there. We also know there are some people that are like, dude, just talk some football, John. I just want to hear you talk football. Please do that. So we will try and do that. A couple of things that go kind of in conjunction with this coronavirus outbreak, the Texans' response to it, Similarly to a lot of things that have been done throughout the, the NFL, the Texans, coaches, staff, business ops people, they're taking them off the road, obviously, how this impacts pro days and scouting and such. And we've seen a lot of pro days canceled. I know Clemson, I think Clemson was today. The days are all running together. I think Clemson's pro day was today. It could have been yesterday. I don't know. They're all kind of running together. But I know Clemson had a pro day. Oklahoma had theirs yesterday. But Michigan, Penn State, both shut their pro days down. A lot of them shutting athletic events down. So scouts, personnel, staff, football ops coming off the road, coming back here if they were on the road and handling, handling their business like that. And I think that's going to be NFL-wide. But there have been teams throughout the day. You've seen statements. Hey, this is what we're doing. I saw one from the Vikings um, earlier today. And, the Texans following suit. And when you start the thing, I talked about this on, on Sports Radio 610. The work that's done on these prospects is done so far in advance. Our college scouts are out there in July and August talking to teams, looking at players, studying players. So they, they've been on top of this. 
I don't worry too much about it. We'll see how this impacts the draft. But that, from a Texas perspective, one massive thing. The other one that goes with this is that the NFL's, NFL's owners' meetings, and they've got two sets. They're going to have one in March. That has been canceled. That was going to be down in West Palm Beach. That has been canceled. The one that is going to be out Marina Del Rey in May, uh, middle of the end of May, that one will stay. So basically the agenda moves from the March meeting to the May meeting, and that will stay for now. See how that goes. But that will stay for now. So Texans, like everybody else, getting everybody off the road, thinking about everybody's health at this point, and the NFL owners' meetings are being taken, um, being taken away, unfortunately, from West Palm Beach. Uh, due to everything that has gone on. And it's understandable. They can move those things. They would like to get it done in March. It's a very relaxed setting. It's good to get everybody together down there at the owners' meetings and get the rules committee to vote on certain things. But where we are in the the world, if you will, um, probably the smartest thing to do at that point. The draft stays on for now, but we'll attack that one down the road. We'll see how we attack this virus as a nation. Uh, to see, I, I would imagine that over the next few days, uh, things may get worse, may get better. They may just stay the same. We'll see. I mean, it's been so crazy. Things have been changing so incredibly rapidly. Um, but that's pretty much the news as it pertains to the virus itself. One good piece of news came out today as well, and that is that the Texans are tendering a restricted free agent offer to Dylan Cole and Dylan's one of my he's one of my I I love watching this guy he was a guy that I studied a few years ago uh, heading into the 2017 draft and I was shocked shocked when he was not drafted I thought maybe they think he's too short he was not slow he was not small I mean he was a stout guy but he was short I mean he is short he's a shorter guy but man he can play the unfortunate thing for him have been injuries. Injuries have really just slowed his career. He had the wrist last year. Um, he ended up having the, the knee injury this year. And I think we missed him. I think we missed him on special teams and opportunities to come into the game in passing situations and helping coverage uh, for subunits. So we, I think we missed Dylan Cole. And he will be back tendering an offer to him, um, which I, that's great news. We signed over the last few days three players, Darren Fells, Kami Fairbairn, and DeAndre Carter, and now we tender an offer to Dylan Cole. So when Drew asked me that question, the over-under, I think he put it at eight. I'm counting Cole. I'm counting Cole. So that counts. I said over. So we're, we're moving in that particular direction. Now, as far as free agency goes and the franchise tag and all those kind of things, obviously in tendering an offer to Dylan Cole, there is football operation going on. Now, how much of that continues, what they do with the new league year? Is it going to start next week? Uh, how are they going to go about that? If there are changes, obviously, well, we're going to update it because it's going to impact our team, our organization, uh, the players throughout the league, and the players that could potentially be coming to Houston. So uh, we'll see what the environment is over the next, uh, over the next few days, over the weekend and see what ends up happening as we get into the new league year uh, next week. The tampering period was supposed to start on Monday. The new league year, I believe, Thursday? I think Thursday. I think it's Thursday. But either way, those things, I'm not going to tell you they're on hold. I just 
we don't have information as it pertains uh, to that uh, at this point. So Texans taking their personnel off the road, similarly to the teams throughout the league, NFL owners meetings, they are, they are shut down in addition to any number of things that are going on, including the NCAA tournament, both men's and women's, all the conference tournaments, college sports for the spring. It's not just the Ivy League. The Ivy League shut down the, their basketball tournament and then also their spring sports. They did that a few days ago. And everybody's like, hey, nerds. And then all of a sudden, every conference is following suit. So a lot of things going on. I know people have asked, man, what are sports talk show hosts going to talk about? And, I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel for them. Uh, at least on this show, we talk a lot of NFL. This is what we talk all year long. And we can, all, we can always talk draft prospects and free agents and those things. Just don't know at this point if it's and when it's going to happen, if, if it changes. I mean, obviously, we know the schedule. Next week, you can start tampering. Then you can start signing. But is that going to go on as scheduled? We'll kind of plan as such and talk about those free agents and talk about things that are going on, and we will do that with the venerable John McClain next. It's Thursday night. That's his night. We can't shortchange the general at all. And I had a chance to sit down with him, and we'll have that for you next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Thursday night edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. The world obviously is going through a massive undertaking with the various cancellations and postponements of just life in general, no matter where you are, whether you're in Italy, China, whether you're in you know, the United States somewhere, state of Ohio, where apparently 1% of the population has apparently uh, contracted coronavirus. Man, it's, it's really changing everything for us. But we got a show to do talking about the Texans and talking about the NFL. And on a Thursday evening, that means that I get the opportunity only about two or three times a year to do this, but I love it nonetheless, to sit down with the general in the Houston Chronicle, John McClain. John, how you doing, my man? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm doing well, but I love the fact that you and I get to shut Mark out when he's on vacation and sit down and talk some ball. I love to do it. We were on uh, Sports Radio 610 yesterday morning. I thought that was very cool being on with you and Seth Payne and, and – uh, especially being on with you at this time of year with free agency about to start and the draft around the corner. It's a great time of year to talk ball. It is definitely time to talk ball. And, John, we've got Texans news to start off the day. And it comes courtesy, well, of the Houston Texans and Jonathan Joseph. We saw J. Joe at the end of the year, banged up a little bit, did get himself active for the Chiefs game, but he didn't play in that Chiefs playoff game. It was announced that he and the team mutually agree that Jonathan will move on into free agency. John, just your initial thoughts about that move. We'll talk about J. Joe, the player, and what he meant to this organization a little bit. But what about just this transaction? Surprise, not surprise. Just what are your overall feelings when you heard that news? I'm not surprised at all. I knew J. Joe was gone. He wasn't playing much down the stretch. He said right after... The last game, he told us in the dressing room, he definitely wanted to keep playing. He'll be 36 years old in April. It's his 15th season. If he plays another season, 
And I feel confident that once his career is over, whether it's now or next year, Bill O'Brien will try to bring him back into the organization as he's done with Andre Johnson, uh, T.J. Yates, Brian Cushing, Kim Dent, because Bill likes to have the former players on the staff. And J. Joe, whether it was on the coaching staff or in player relations of the front office, I think he'd be outstanding because he's the best free agent signing in history. I'll never forget in 2011, the Texans were coming off a terrible season defensively. Secondary was the worst in the league. General Manager Rick Smith was trying to get Nambi Asamoah, who was leaving Oakland, yep. and everybody said he's the best corner in football. And and his, he was also negotiating with uh, Jonathan Joseph, and he needed a safety. Daniel Manning was out there. So the Asamoah came, the negotiations came down to the Eagles and the Texans, and Smith had to make a decision. Sign Jonathan Joseph and Daniel Manning, or stay in the sweepstakes for Asamoah and maybe lose them to the Eagles. So he pulled out and signed Joseph and Manning. They helped along with the addition of defensive lineman named White, Connor yeah, Barwin coming good. back from an injury, and all of a sudden they had one of the best defenses in the NFL and won the division for the first time. And then Asamoah goes to Philly and bombs out. Now he's an actor on Broadway getting rave reviews. And what a great move. Of all the players I've covered, Jonathan, in my 45 years at the Chronicle and three and a half years at the Waco Tribune Herald, I've never known anybody I like more than J. Joe, a pure, pure class act who uh, is a great leader. And I'm assuming several teams will try to get him to work for them. And I'm just, I just hope he'll come back to the Texans. I know he turned down the Raiders last year or two years ago for yep. more money mm-hmm. uh, because he liked the Texans. He liked living in Houston. They like where, where they live in Memorial. His kids are happy. So I hope Jonathan comes back here because he has always just been a pleasure to deal with. You know, John, it's interesting that you say that because of all the media members that are in this town. Obviously, you, you've been here covering the Texans from the beginning, covering the Oilers, et cetera. There are so many people covering this team now and I don't think you would find any one of them that would have a crossword to say about J. Joe. Nobody, nobody. Nobody on a team, no coach, everybody. Jonathan, it's amazing to me. He's about six foot, weighs about, you know, 185, 190. And I think about playing 14 years in this league, yeah. especially today, covering some of these monster receivers. And when, Jonathan came out of college. He ran in a 4-3. And not many corners play as long as he did. That's why Daryl Green playing 20 years was amazing. It's a minor miracle. Isn't it? And uh, uh, so uh, I can't say enough good things about him as a person, as a player, eight touchdowns in his career. And uh, I think uh, it's been an unbelievable career for him. And if he wants to keep playing – I hope he does. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've, I've said this, oh, I don't know, to numerous people. I remember talking to Gerard Johnson about this, who is now uh, coaching with the Indianapolis Colts. And Gerard was trying to figure out, this is about two, three years ago, he's trying to figure out, like, do I keep playing? Do I keep trying to play? And Gerard was a younger guy, you know, 26, 27 at the time. He's a younger guy, and he's trying to figure out. I said, look, this is the kind of game that 
you don't go play tackle football pickup games out in, you know, uh, you know, Memorial Park. When you're done with this game, you're done. So if you still have got something in the tank and you still have a love for it, go for it. Go do it. And I think that's, I mean, if J.J. ever asked my advice, that would be it. If you feel like you can still play and you want to still play, when you've played in this league for 14 years, your body's gone through God knows what. But you feel like you could still play, man. Take a shot. You know, Andre Johnson decided to do that with the Colts for a year, and then when he got to Tennessee, got to about week three or week four, and he realized, I'm just, I'm done. I'm ready to, I'm ready to hang it up. And maybe we'll get to that point with J.J. Maybe he, he, you know, will will have some suitors. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But if he can still play, keep keep playing until they have to peel you off that field. As long as the love is there, do it. Terrence Newman played until he was 38. That's right. That's right. And Terrence Newman was one of his uh, teammates, if I remember correctly. Michael Adams just played how many? 16 years? 16 he was years. 38, and he just retired from the Texans. Mike Adams. I was glad he was here for a year, John. I know there, there will be a lot of plays for the Buffalo game that we all remember. But there will be a few that I remember Mike Adams making in that game that will go it'll prob they'll go under the radar. Thankfully, JJ in his press conference, he talked about Mike making one or two of those plays. But all the years of him being with the Colts and coming in here with the Colts teams and beating the Texans and then coming in here with the Texans, he was I can imagine that defensive back room last year with J. Joe and with Mike Adams and the wisdom that they can impart with Jalil die back there. They had some serious wisdom that they could impart. So let's talk about. They would have had 30 years of NFL experience combined. Yeah, that's, an, that's amazing. And so let's talk about that room now, the on-the-field aspect of things. We know under contract heading into the new league year, we know Lonnie Johnson. We know uh, Gary Ann Conley. We know those two uh, at corner. Bradley Roby, that's a guy. We'll talk about that in just a second. Guy that is a free agent. Would love to see him come back, but he missed about six games this year. But when he was on the field, there were times where he was just flat out brilliant. Would love to bring him back. We probably talked about this on air, off air, about what they end up doing at the corner position. Now, no J. No J. Joe to add to that mix, but you've got those guys I mentioned, Lonnie Johnson, Garyon Conley, maybe Bradley Roby if you're able to bring him back in free agency. How do you think the Texans attack this thing over the next week as we move on to a league, new league year? I think they're going to re-sign Roby, and that means they don't have to go sign another veteran corner. I still think they'll use one of their high picks. They got a two, a three, and two fours on a corner. And um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to bring back Vernon Hargraves. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, he sure played a lot. Yeah, he did. And uh, he's 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 going to be unrestricted. But I'm not sure how they feel about him. But I know how they feel about Roby. And the fact that Roby can play inside and outside, that makes him more valuable. You know, you don't want your guys hitting the open market because there's teams out there with a lot of money to spend. And it's like DJ Reader. If Reader hits the market, I think he's gone. I think yep. if Roby hits it, I think he's gone, but Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby, and Kevin Krakovic are working really hard to try to keep their guys first. I thought it was good. They got the specialist all done. Darren Fells, now the tight end's not an issue at all, and uh, they can turn their attention to those two. I believe Carlos Hyde is gone, so the two most important are Reader and Roby. 
And I was asked on Sports Radio 610, who was more important? Well, a corner is always going to trump a nose tackle the way the NFL is played today. The high-paid guys are the pass rushers and the corners on defense. Whether those pass rushers are three, four outside linebackers, defensive ends, or that rarity, an inside guy who can get the quarterback, if you got one of those, man, you got to lock them up. That's be- so rare. That's become like the unicorn in football, the interior pass rusher, because I was kind of talking about this with Drew the other day off the air because we were talking about that. So you got Chris Jones with the Chiefs. Well, I would imagine he's going to get a franchise. Best, get paid. Yeah. You got Aaron Donald. And so you got Jones and Donald. And then after that, you're like, okay, Fletcher Cox does a good job with Philly, but it's not like he's piling up Donald sack numbers or Jones sack numbers, but he's a really, really good player with the Eagles. And then you kind of go down a list and you're like, it's a short list. You have an interior pass rusher that creates havoc from in there. Now, JJ, he's a guy that can do it from all over, but early in his career, he'd do it from inside. Yeah, but he likes to stay outside. But he likes to be outside. So he kind of goes inside and outside. That's why when I, I I was doing a a film room the other day, John, and I looked at the the sack that Charles Amenhu has against the Chiefs. And you look at that front four. And it's outside of Whitney Merciless, Jacob Martin, and the inside is J.J. Watt and Charles Amenahu. And I pointed at the screen, and I told our producer, I was like, that right there. That's where you need to get to on third down. If those four can get on the field on third down, somebody can get to the quarterback. Now, do you have all those guys for all 16 games? You'd like to be able to feel that, uh, think that could happen. But you're not going to have that, so you've got to obviously have depth. And you also got to have Charles Amenu step up in a second year. I think this is a massive year for Charles to step up and help that pass rush. Those are all big ifs. That's why they need to get a pass rusher high in the draft or free agency. Remember the guy was it? Who was the guy from Buffalo? Jordan Phillips. Jordan had, Phillips, who signed and had nine and a half sacks, had never come close to anything like that. Yep. And then of course, uh, uh, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, out with the Bucks. My goodness, what he'd never come close in Denver, five or six a year, then he leaves the league with 19. Texas need to get lucky with somebody like that, whether it's outside, inside. But I feel like one of their priorities, and this is not counting replacing D.J. Reader, if he leaves a nose tackle, which will be a priority too. But somebody who can get that inside push, mm-hmm. even when they throw on running down. Right, exactly. You know, first and ten, you put your you put your base. I say that in air quotes. Your base unit out there, and yet it's play action pass. Can that guy get to the quarterback? I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. And so you take Charles Amenahu. Hey, Charles, can you play the run and then adjust to go get the go get the quarterback playing inside? Because Charles will play outside on some rundowns and they bump inside on pass downs. That's the optimum situation. If you're not slowing teams down against the run, then obviously they can stay and run pass dual sets and that obviously can be difficult for you but uh you're right there are some there are some things that they need to do on the defensive side of the ball but on Tuesday on the offensive side of the ball they signed Darren Fells and I've seen some people opine on Twitter and the social media what good deal bad deal all that kind of stuff I cannot come around and anybody saying it's a bad deal. I think it's a fantastic thing. Why that would Darren anybody Fels, think that was a bad deal? Well, I don't know. I couldn't they figure it the out. They got the money to spend it, so why not spend it? And it's really not a big, massive no, deal for Darren Fells. No, it's a small deal. It's for a guy that's going to be 34 years old, who's a massive red zone target, who Deshaun Watson loves, who just set a team record for touchdowns for tight ends. How could anybody complain about what he got, which is good for a player his age? 
but is, you know, tip money for a lot of players. I don't know how anybody could complain about that deal. Well, the the complaint, if you will, was, isn't that too much for a 34-year-old tight end? I'm like, it's reported as two years, $7 million. If they'd I mean, given him that last year when they didn't know what he could do, right. then you might go, oh, they overpaid for the guy. And if you don't bring him back, they don't know what they have in Collie wearing. Right. And, and, and Jordan Aikens looked really good, but he's not a traditional tight end. I thought Jordan Thomas was a disappointment. I thought he was going to really take off after having those four touchdown catches. I thought Jordan Thomas would do what Jordan, I mean, right. what Darren Fells did, give Watson a big red zone target. Now, he's got a lot of proving to do. So now they don't, when it comes to needing players, they don't even need to think about tight ends. Right. So I thought that was a terrific, terrific deal like you. And at that money, I look at it and go, this, well, I'm not going to say anything in NFL's chump change at all because I know people out there go, well, I make X. Well, okay, look, it's professional football, professional sports. It's a little different world. Don't try and eject yourself in it unless you can run a 4-3 and cover anybody in the league and play corner. You're not going to see that kind of money. So, yeah, it, it's monopoly money to people out there. But even at that point, it's a lot lower monopoly money. To me, it's a $7 million over two years, $7 million insurance policy if Kahali Warren doesn't work out or he gets injured again. If Jordan Thomas gets banged up or doesn't get it in year three, Darren Fells becomes a really inexpensive insurance policy if those guys don't work out. And he's pretty damn good to boot. Yeah, that's the other thing. He can still play. And another thing not to underestimate is how, you know, when you hear Bill O'Brien talking about players, first thing he talks about, good teammate. Yeah. Darren Fells is the epitome of a good teammate. Yep. And uh, so he fits in well. And when you have young tight ends like Aikens and – Thomas and Waring, you need a, a guy like that in the team meeting room. Absolutely. And they can bounce things off of him. He'll see things at practice they won't see. So his his value to the Texans extends beyond what people see on the playing field. When we get back, we'll talk about the other signing, the third one that took place this week, and we announced that yesterday, and that is DeAndre Carter's coming back. And how does that fit amongst the receiver crew and we take sort of a positional outlook on the receivers in 2020 and beyond. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this Thursday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. It has been a, a crazy 72 hours. And it might be even crazier the next 72 hours. But we're going to keep charging along, talking about Texans in the NFL and bringing you news when it suffices this afternoon was pretty crazy. NCAA tournament, men's and women's canceled, College World Series canceled, conference tournaments canceled, NHL season canceled, last night NBA season canceled, school districts extending spring breaks or uh, in Ohio sending the kids home until uh, April 3rd. Hopefully, they, we can do that. We can start heading down a road of recovery and start uh, getting things back on track, getting people healthy, hopefully uh, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, a.k.a. coronavirus. Uh, but we're going to keep charging along here on Texans All Access. And I have the general with me and the news of DeAndre Carter coming back to the team. And I know – that people, the last thing they remember about DeAndre Carter, the fumble of the playoff game, 
over the last couple of years, I've seen DeAndre Carter do a lot of really good th- things for this team. And so I hate the fact that's the memory because it was the last game. It was a big play in that game that people remember. But DeAndre Carter has been a really good a good player on his team. You go back to the words John said a little while ago about Darren Fells. A good teammate does anything in the wide receiver crew he's asked to do. And I thought he made one of the more underrated plays of the entire season when we went to Tampa Bay, 20-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter, third and six, and they tried to cover DeAndre Carter down the seam with a linebacker. Deshaun found him. 39-yard pass set up the, the go-ahead field goal, which ended up being a game-winning field goal. DeAndre Carter made that play. He made a huge play against the Jets in 2018 on a Saturday game, a 50-yard gain when the offense was really struggling. John, they bring back DeAndre Carter. Maybe I'm a little higher on DeAndre Carter than others just because I know what he's been through to get to this point. I see him in the building every day and how hard he works at this. So maybe I'm a little higher on him than some people might be when they hear that news. But DeAndre Carter coming back, you don't have to opine as much as I did on it, but what are your thoughts about him re-signing with the Texans? He's a good backup receiver. He's a he's the backup slot receiver. And the way the NFL's played today, returners have been neutered. You know, he averaged nine yards of return, and that was among the league leaders on punt returns. And his kickoff returns were among the league leaders. And yet, neither one was spectacular. He was never a threat to break a big one. But you don't see many returners anymore who can impact field position because of the way the game is being played and especially the way the rules are. So I think they're not going to go out and try to find another returner. Carter's he doesn't say he doesn't fumble. That was on punt returns. He did on the kickoff return. But uh, he's solid. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great way of putting it. He's solid. And you can't have 46-man game day roster. That's all superstars. It's it's a cap league. You're not going to be able to do that. You've got to have guys that do dirty work, that know every single position on the field, that are trustworthy. Everything that they do, you're going to be able to rely on. And I think that's what you have with uh, with DeAndre Carter. I don't think there's any question that. If Kiki QT had uh... – emerged in his second season like we thought he would right. after he flashed as a rookie. You know, if the Texans were to cut him tomorrow, the Colts would be all over him because he looked like a Pro Bowl player yeah. <laughs> in a one regular season yeah. game in the playoff games against yeah. the Colts. So they haven't given up on him. But if they knew going into this season, they could count on him to be the fourth receiver and the backup in the slot, then they would maybe DeAndre – Carter becomes expendable, but based on what we saw last year, QT's got a lot of making up to do, right. and it would be great if he could bounce back in his third year. You know, if guys, most of those guys make their biggest improvement between their first and second season, but there are guys who have to take third season. If yep. they don't get it by the fourth season, that's why the average career is only three and a half years, right. and they're gone. But that would be really important if you could have QT and Carter ready to come off the bench and make some plays. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, in this receiver crew, I don't have to tell anybody. I don't tell you, obviously, John, about the injuries that hit that position with Will, with Kenny, Kiki, in his first year in 2018. Those injuries uh, really set that group back just from a consistency standpoint of, okay, who's going to be available this week? I mean, how many times do we, hey, is Will going to be healthy this week? Is he going to be active this week? I mean, those are questions Bill O'Brien just gets tired of answering at press conferences. And but we all want to know because we want to know what offense we're going to be able to see over this weekend. So those guys staying healthy, all of them staying healthy, all of them together, it ends up being a pretty stout group. But 
I think you're right. I think it's an X factor to this group is Kiki QT and whether he can get his game back to where it was as a rookie, where we needed to see him on the field. We were like, okay, when's QT back? We need QT back. Because when he got on the field against Indianapolis, the first time he played as a rookie, like you said, John, he had 11 catches. He's changing the game. Will had gone out of that game at halftime, and QT became the guy. Deshaun was looking for him in that game because he knew he could rely on him. So it was QT and Hopkins, and ended up putting up 37 points that day uh, as a result. So I'd love to see Kiki get back in his mix. The one thing I, I think about those two guys that's interesting, John, is I've, as I'm sitting down and I'm doing I mean, all these different scouting reports for the Harris 100, I can tell you every single year I've done this, I've done it for about 20 years, I would always look for a guy, okay, what else can this guy do? Invariably, I would find guys, oh, yeah, this guy's a punt returner. This guy's a kick returner. Uh, he's got return skills. Okay, that adds to his arsenal. I don't know if it's just that those guys just aren't in this draft, but, John, I don't think I've written that once in a scouting report. This guy's going to be able to return in the NFL because I'm with you. I don't know that it really matters anymore. It's not nearly as important as it used to be. The Texans have one receiver they can count on, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Stills was not hurt uh, in his career, and then he got nicked up last year. Was it a hamstring? Mm -hmm. I can't even remember. And then Fuller, going into the last year of his contract, it would behoove him to stay healthy because if he does, he'll make a lot of money. But he has legitimate injuries, as we know. You know, they don't want to have, like, if they say they got rid of him, teams that line up to get him. Yes. And it could be like Kevin Johnson. All of a sudden he plays an injury free season. But Fuller means way, way too much for this team because – I think it was two Sundays ago I wrote a deal where they ranked in every category with Fuller and without Fuller, and it was a drastic reduction in points and yards and passing yards and third down. The only thing that was increased was Bill ran the ball a whole lot more without Fuller, and they went from like eighth to third. And, you know, they don't want to have to do that. They want to throw the ball because that's the strength of the offense because of Watson. So I think one of the big needs would be to get another receiver in here because Fuller and Stills are going the last year of their contract. And whether it's in free agency or they use a second or third round pick on a receiver, they've got to have another one come in here who can line up outside. And I'll guarantee you it's going to have to be not even four or five guys. Although I did write at the combine, the combine 40s of receivers like Hopkins, Mike Evans, there were like five of them. Michael Thomas, yep. who all ran in the four fives. Anquan Bolin ran in four sevens. Yeah, he, and, he was uh, slow. I remember that one. But they'd love to get a guy. And it's not going to happen. But a guy like Henry Ruggs, like Fuller, when you yep. put him outside, yep. corners and safeties have to worry about it. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's backing up just a little bit because that guy's on the field. And we see that with Will when he's healthy. We see that with Will. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I'm watching the Falcons' corners and safeties look at each other like, uh, oh, boy. I mean, it was it was so evident how scared they were of him. The Colts too. I mean, just talking. I was talking to Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, and we were talking about uh, we were just talking about things, and we were talking about the game on Thursday night. And he just looked at me and said, "I'll tell you what. When Fuller's healthy, you guys are just a different ball club." And it's true. It it it's very true. Uh, we are, but he's he's got to stay healthy. And the thing is, he knows that. Everybody in the city knows that. Everybody in the NFL knows that. But he's got that ability to be as good as he wants to be, if he can stay on the field. And it wasn't something that that ailed him at Notre Dame. He didn't miss a bunch of games. 
that was not, he didn't miss this year, that year. You know, Frank Gore, when he came out of the University of Miami, he had missed like two or three years dealing with ACL injuries. He had two ACLs in, in each knee. Thought yeah. his career was over. And then he got to the NFL and he's hardly missed a game, which is fascinating, fascinating The thing stuff. about Fuller is they're all big injuries. I've seen players in my 45 years that they get shampoo in their eyes and they miss two weeks. But Fuller's, he Did doesn't. Did you just say shampoo in their eyes? Yeah, he doesn't have. Little nicks and bruises that yeah. he, he can't play. That's not Fuller. Fuller right. has major injuries, right. and he's a, he's the most frustrated of any because he knows it's costing him millions and millions of dollars if he can't stay healthy. Well, I saw on Instagram he cut off the dreadlocks. He looks completely different. So maybe turning over to leave. Sure, that's going to help healthy. his hamstrings. Well, and, and, and you never know, John. <laughs> if it does, then maybe everybody know. will cut their hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I I know people have said, I saw, I think it was the Athletic article about 42 players that could be traded. And I know Aaron was probably forced, Aaron Reese was probably forced to write Will Fuller in there. But first of all, I don't know if anybody would, would well, trade he, for Will. Will Fuller Just, will not be traded. No, he will He will not be. I don't, this, this organization would not do it. I don't think it. But who's anybody? Look, you're playing on a fifth-year option. We haven't been able to extend you only because of the injuries. Prove you can stay healthy, and then we'll sit after the year and talk about a contract. Make and a see lot what of do. money if he plays. He's say 14 games. He'd make a lot of money. God, if he played 14 games, if he played 14 games, what if he and, played 16? Well, I mean, I don't want to get greedy here. I don't <laughs> want to get greedy, John. I just, I just want to see. Our, I want to see our guys on the field. I used to. We used to say that about Clowney, and I remember Clowney saying that after a playoff game. It was like, man, what if Clowney could play for 12 games? I was like, oh, what if he played for 16 games? Well, you'd, you'd see exactly that. John, thank you so much. Travel safe, and we'll see you when you get back. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. It was great being on with you. A huge thanks to my man, John McClain, for being with me. To all of you for listening. To everybody out there, be safe. Stay patient. Keep the faith. And at some point, we will reconvene tomorrow. Hopefully at this same time from 6 to 7, I'll be on with Seth from 6 to 10 tomorrow. We will update you on everything that is happening in the world of coronavirus in sports. We'll talk some NFL, probably some free agency, some draft. We'll do all that. And we'll be back tomorrow and presumably a Mark Vandermeer potential sighting. So you want to tune in for that. Some big things going on with Mark. And if you haven't seen it, the 53 on our website, HoustonTexas.com, the 53 on Mark. It is excellent. It is so, so good put together by my man, Tyler Sutter. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, hopefully, with Mark. But for now, good night, be safe, and thank you. See you tomorrow, and as always, go Texans.